1: We start hour number two of the Bruce Hooley show with a refresher on our top headlines of the day. Ohio State has a new president. His name is Ted Carter. And I whiffed on my prediction as to what the new president of Ohio State would be like. I thought he'd be non-binary, pansexual, something weird, something woke, something that would allow Ohio State to puff out its uh, intersectionality bona fides and uh, hold at bay. Those who uh, are offended by uh, meritocracy and excellence and hard work and all those kinds of things. Still new. Come on. He's new. He comes from Nebraska. Uh, He's a former head of the Top Gun Fighter Pilot School. Okay? He's not Maverick. He's Slapshot. Yes, they really do have uh, names like that. He's Slapshot because he's a hockey guy. He loves hockey. Okay? Okay? And he's a white guy, a married white guy, married to a woman white guy, uh, which I did not have on my bingo card. And the disparaging of Ted Carter has already begun. The Columbus Dispatch chose on his first day here to write a story about how he's going to make millions here at Ohio State. And his contract has perks in it. Uh, Which, of course, has been the case for every Ohio State president (laughs) for the past half century or more, I would presume. So you can't have it both ways. You can't call yourself the Ohio State University and disparage as inferior to yourself every other school in your own conference and in your own state. And not also pay a premium to the person who is the head of your massive university system. It goes without saying that if you are the head of Ohio State, you should make a lot of money. And he's making a lot, but he's not making a lot more than, what, three, four, five guys on his own football coaching staff. (laughs) More people on the football coaching staff. There's like four or five people on the coaching staff make more than Ted Carter. Oh, he's getting a $300,000 bonus for his retirement. So did Christina Johnson who preceded him. And when you adjust Mr. Carter's salary for inflation over the $900,000 base salary that Christina Johnson got, uh, he's making exactly the same. Adjusted for inflation. And his perks aren't any more lucrative than hers. He's got to buy his own football tickets. You're going to need a million-dollar salary to afford football tickets to Ohio State. I'm going to bet you Christina Johnson did not have to buy her own football tickets or basketball tickets. But I welcome a military guy. So let's hear from Ted Carter, the new president of Ohio State. This is why I predict that it will not be long. And I have a Twitter poll up, and you can uh, participate in it if you want to go to my Twitter, which is uh, on Twitter, at bhools. My Twitter poll is, how long will it take for the protesting of the hiring of ted carter military guy who flew fighter missions in kosovo and iraq and other places how long will it take for the students or some minority group to protest his hiring did you interview any uh, asians did you interview any hispanics did you interview any african-americans he's not lgbtq what are his lgbtq stances Uh, Twitter poll is, how long before a student group or minority organization protests the hiring of Ohio State's new president, a former top gun pilot and head of the U.S. Naval Academy? Inside of one day, 23%. Inside of one week, 45%. Inside of one month, 23%. No one will object, that's your fourth option, 10%. It shows you that... uh, there is a sucker born every minute. One of ten. You're crazy people. It will already. It is probably. It is already commenced with the dispatch, soft bigotry of. Well, this guy makes a lot of money. Yep, he does. So does every other university president. So does every other person with a resume like his. I dare say, if Ted Carter wanted to go to work for how many companies in Columbus? How many nationwide motorists? Well, they're both too woke for him. But anyway, any big company had the chance to hire a guy who was the head of the Top Gun fighter pilot school, he'd make way more than he's going to make at Ohio State. So, this will not help him be popular with his new constituents. He was asked at his press conference yesterday, his response to the accusation that Ohio State has gone woke. What does he think of the word woke?
2: What is in the best good for our students, our faculty, and our staff? And what I mean by that is I will focus on the mission of what we do, and the mission is very clear here. I mean, it's about education. It's about meaningful research. It's about attracting and retaining faculty, the best that we can find in the country. It's about uh, taking care of medical education, doing medical research, medical care, and then, of course, athletics, which is a big part, the biggest Division I athletic program in the country. So I will stay very clear to the mission. Um, I, I don't use words like woke or the words that are out there. I find those to be clickbait. Um, we just do what's right and everything else will take care of
1: itself. Well, it's, uh, it's an old school view. (laughs) I think it is a, uh, a Pollyanna-ish view because in this era, I mean, all he's got to do is take a walk through his law school. Uh, Hey, Ted, do me a favor. You got a little time today. You're headed back to Nebraska on the plane. Call up the website for the Moritz College of Law at Ohio State and check out some of the profiles of uh, some of your professors in law school, some of the things they're committed to. You'll find out that your values and their values are not aligned at all. Now, here he was asked about the affirmative action ruling by the Supreme Court, and you can't advantage people according to their ethnicity, according to their immutable characteristics. Here's Ted Carter on, hey, do we have an end around? Do we have a around? Do we have a way to ignore the Supreme Court on affirmative action?
2: I think, first of all, we've got to acknowledge that we'll follow the law, uh, that our application process, uh, whether it's already changed or not, I haven't been able to look that deeply into it. Um, but we just have to understand that that doesn't change our mission. We should be open and welcome to students of all backgrounds. I mean, that is the very definition of diversity uh interestingly as you may have noted that the service academies were exempt from that i will tell you that while i was superintendent of the naval academy we did not use any quota systems we did not use affirmative action in that regard to try to fill our ranks with some set number of students Uh, we used a whole person multiple uh, and i see us doing something similar now in the state of nebraska we were already had uh, laws that prevented us from using affirmative action to begin with so there was no change to how we do admissions there um, we'll study and learn more about uh, how that applies here. Um, but as I look at the uh, the campus background that's here, I'm very proud to see that this is a very, very diverse campus here, and I'm excited to be part of it.
1: Well, that's uh, not something we've heard from Christina Johnson or Michael Drake, uh, the two predecessors of Ted Carter as uh, president of Ohio State. Now, what about your personal politics, Mr. President, I mean, mm, this military record, some people will be uh, offended by your military record. You're not one of these free speech freaks, are you, Ted Carter?
2: Our campus should be a place where everybody's welcome, everybody's voice is heard. Uh, Having worn the cloth of our nation for 38 years as as a Navy officer, you can imagine how I feel about supporting the Constitution of the United States and the First Amendment. So that's where I come from. I've also been leading at multiple campuses throughout my life, and uh, what you'll find about me is I do it in an apolitical manner. Uh, I know my lane. I am not a legislator. I do not write state laws. I follow them, and we'll make sure that we continue to do that here. Now, that said, uh, in Nebraska, I engaged with all 49 state senators, a unicameral, one single body, the entire time I was there. I had a good relationship with everybody that sat on the left, sat on the right. Because I'm a straight shooter, and I tell like it is, and I'm very transparent in how I operate. I intend to do the same here. I think there needs to be more dialogue with our, our state legislature. I think they just want to know what's going on here and make sure that we can find and work together collaboratively where we can. Uh, I have been following Senate Bill 83. I don't know all the details of it. I've been a little bit pleased to see some compromises made there. You know, but at the end of the day, we're going to do the right things for the right reasons, and again, as I said, we'll follow, we'll follow whatever state laws are passed.
1: We'll follow whatever state laws are passed. Senate Bill 83 would uh, make it illegal to teach anything at a an, uh, university in the state of Ohio that would insinuate that uh, one race oppresses another. Uh, it would more authentically teach American history, that it was not Everything was not tunneled, funneled into disparaging slaves and keeping the patriarchy in charge of everything. So, I mean, I like what I hear out of this uh, gentleman. He uh, seems to me to be a throwback. And look, I've always looked at Ohio State as a place that had great potential. I've never denied their potential. But they were always too concerned with appearances rather than substance. Maybe this gentleman can turn it back to substance, to meritocracy, to order, to reason. If so, I could maybe be proud of my alma mater. Well, after an arduous day flying from his uh, vacation home in Lake Tahoe, or a big multimillionaire donor's vacation home in Lake Tahoe to Maui, where he stumbled through an appearance... Uh, at the scene of America's most uh, devastating wildfires in uh, all of our lifetimes, Uh, Joe Biden is back resting in Lake Tahoe because he needs a vacation to recover from his recent Delaware Beach vacation, where he was when the wildfires broke out. Now, uh, I didn't have a full measure of the vitriol in Maui for Joe Biden until I watched more videotape last night. Uh, I can't play on the air for you. Some of the reception for Joe Biden. Uh, First of all, it's radio. It's not TV, so I can't show you the signs. Wow. I can't play the video of the people flying the double one-finger salute at his motorcade as it headed toward Lahaina. But I can remind you of how he started his comments to the uh, Lahaina residents yesterday. And keep in mind, uh, none of us know what to say when somebody else goes through a tragedy. None of us knows... If you're like me, you say, man, calling hours. I don't enjoy going to calling hours. Your presence is all that's needed at calling hours. People just need to know you're there. You care enough to come. That's all you need to say. You don't need to say, I know exactly how you feel. In fact, that's the worst thing you can say because you don't know exactly how they feel. You say, I've lost somebody too. Okay, but you don't know that your relationship with that person was the same as the relationship with the person who's gone to the person you're comforting. Just say, I'm very, very sorry for your loss. I'm very, very sorry. I'm praying for you. If you are, don't say it if you're not. I love you. I'm so sorry you have to go through this. All those are acceptable. This is not acceptable.
3: I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the expression is, God made man, and then he made a few firefighters.
1: Okay, is there, I stopped it because I can't take it anymore. Is there an old expression? God made man, and then he made a few firefighters. Has anybody ever heard that before? God made man, then he made a farmer. I heard, I heard that. Paul Harvey said that. God made man, and then he made a few firefighters. Well, that's true. He did make man, and he did make firefighters. But I don't think that's an old saying. We have an old man saying it, but it's not an old saying. Okay? Also, he was in Washington, D.C., he said, at Meet the Press. And, And the firefighters had to rush to this raging inferno in the kitchen that was put out in 20 minutes. And he said he watched the firefighters rush in what does he have like one of those star trek gizmos where he can like vaporize himself from meet the press headquarters down to wherever his house was on the 10 acre lake so you can tell this is all made up bs okay made up bs well guess what it's not the first time he's done it of course he's always talking about oh my son bo he died in action no he didn't he didn't die in action bo biden did not die in action here's more of Joe Biden. Well, first, let me play you. Joe Biden
3: used the same story when he was trying to comfort people in Florida about Hurricane Ian. I know from experience how much how much anxiety and fear and concern there are in the people. We didn't lose our whole home, but lightning struck and we lost an awful lot of it about 15 years ago.
1: No, you didn't. You didn't lose an awful lot of it. 15 years. was a small fire, 20 minutes kitchen. Not a... Not remotely comparable to Hurricane Ian, okay? Not remotely comparable. Here's new video I got from yesterday. The longer he talked, you know, Joe Biden's been through a lot of tragedy in his life. His wife died in a car accident, which he has said was because of a drunk driver. That's a lie. Was not a drunk driver. But here's Joe Biden reminding people in Lahaina that I've been through a lot, too. Never mind it was 50 years ago. Never mind I've remarried. Here's my wife, Dr. Joe Biden. Here he is again playing the personal tragedy card.
3: And Jill and I have what's left of Walk Front Street, Was left of it. We've surveyed the damage from the air as well. The devastation is overwhelming. To date. 114 dead, hundreds of people unaccounted for. I remember when I got the call, my first wife and daughter, I was a young senator, and I got a call in Washington. I hadn't been sworn in yet. I wasn't old enough. And I was hiring staff in the capitol. At Teddy Kennedy's office and I got a phone call saying from my fire department and the young first responder kind of panicked. you got to come home there's been an accident so what happened he said your wife she, she she's dead
1: there's zero chance the first responder told him on the phone his wife was dead zero chance they do not tell you that they tell you to come they tell you to hurry they don't want to freak you out and tell you what there's zero chance that first responder told responder told him that none he's lying. To make himself look good. I can't put together any more eloquent, searing, riveting commentary on the horrendous nature of Joe Biden misreading this situation than this Maui resident.
4: It is almost impossible to believe that this guy, that this old man, this Walmart greeter, this uh, fake installed president, but hearing you talk about your house that, you know, had a little fire. You almost lost your cat in your Corvette. There are children that were incinerated to ash. You vile human beings. The only way you feel you're able to communicate and you have some kind of, you know, you're so out of touch with the common man, you don't even understand how to speak to them. The only way you think you can establish commonality with them is to lie. That the same thing happened to you, no matter what the tragedy is. Your son wasn't killed in action, by the way. You ousted them burned down. Your children weren't burned to death. How dare you get up there and speak this way? Your job is to go there and assuage them in a way that you talk to them about their loss. Now you can't imagine what it's like. Now you can't imagine what it's like never to find the bodies of the poor children that were sent home from schools that died alone. Alone in fear without their parents or a guardian that the most abhorrent thing happened. You're a disgusting, despicable bastard. You're too old. You need to step down from office.
1: He went on, and you'll hear the rest of it next.